Bismillah, bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa, sahbihi wa mabalah amma ba'd Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah So we've reached ayah number 24 in which Allah Ta'ala says Ba'da'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Ta'rifu fi wujuhim nadratan na'im You will recognize in their faces the radiance of pleasure So alhamdulillah, these are some very beautiful ayat I'm actually quite excited for this particular dars uh, inshallah ta'ala because these ayat are really quite beautiful and motivational. Allah ta'ala says that you will see and the fact that Allah ta'ala is saying you will see this could be a reference to the Prophet that I'm saying oh ya rasulullah you will be with the believers and you will be able to look at their radiant faces and you will see like basically you put in all this work and you saw and they struggled and they really worked hard and alhamdulillah now you get to see that they're all like hey it was really worth it. So you as a messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam get to appreciate all the hard work that you did. Ta'rifu could be yani anta ta'rifu it could be to the reader. Any whoever the believer is that is the reader you will see the believers with you and all of them will just be radiating with this light and happiness on their faces. Of course again there is a different qira'ah a different reading by Abu Ja'far and Yaqub they say it could be recited in the majhul in the passive. Tu'arafu fi wujuhim nadratun na'im. The radiance of pleasure will be seen on their faces. But anyway, it's roughly the, almost the exact same meaning, but it's still just a different qira'ah. It's worthy of being mentioned. Now, it's interesting because in ayah number 23, Allah Ta'ala mentioned how uh, uh, Allah describes us looking at our reward. Yanzurun, that we're going to be looking at our reward. And it's interesting that when a human being sees something, our faces usually tell us whether we're happy or whether we're not happy with what we just saw. And so Allah Ta'ala says in ayah number 23, you'll be looking at your reward and then Allah says in the very next ayah, ayah number 24, uh, our, fa- our, de- our delight will be shown on our faces. You don't need to say a word, your faces will say it all. So subhanAllah, it's very beautiful. Like, you'll look at your reward, you don't have to say, do you like it, do you not like it? No, no, I can see. You're extremely just beaming with radiance. You don't need to say a single word, subhanAllah. It's really quite beautiful, the description here. Then Allah Ta'ala says, yusqawna min rahiqim maktum. They will be given to drink uh, uh, wine that is sealed. So, Let's break this down. Yusqona is again in the passive form, implying what? That people of paradise will be served. It will just come naturally. It won't be that you, you know, you'll notice that this person's serving me or that person, and they expect this or they expect that or someone's getting mad. No, no, it's just going to happen so naturally. You will be served. You'll be given your drinks. You'll have servants running around working for you. Rahiq, what will be served? Rahiqul maktum. Rahiq means an aged and expensive and fine wine. And we should remember that the Prophet says what? Man al khamra dunya yatub minha fil Whoever drinks alcoholic drinks in this world and doesn't repent from it, never makes tawbah before dying, he will be deprived of it in the, half, in the afterlife. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who stay away from anything haram so that we can, uh, and, and if we do, of course, we're human beings, but inshallah Ta'ala, if we do ever make mistakes, we make tawbah and we ask Allah Ta'ala to erase those sins so that we can enjoy everything. In paradise, uh, in this case, particularly the wines of paradise. Muqatil, uh, he describes that this is, Rahiq uh, is a white wine that is pure. It's likely taken from the verse where Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Safat, Yutafu alayhim bika'sim min ma'in, bayda'a laddatin lisharibin, la fiha ghawlun, walahum anha yunzafun. That Allah says, there will be circulated among them cups of wine from a flowing spring, white and delicious to the drinkers. This is where it says, bayda'a, white. So this is probably where he gets it from. And then he said, and then Allah says, la fiha ghawlun. There's no bad effect. So, you know, obviously in dunya, the whole concept is what? People get drunk and uh, you know, bad things happen. People fight and get drunk driving, etc. Allah says there's no bad effect. Nor from it is there any intoxication. So this does not make you any worse. It is only something that gives you pleasure, all the positive and none of the negative. Makhtum means uh, uh, something that is uh, uh, sealed. Uh, means fill, it could mean uh, filled to the top and then sealed. You know, it's, the, the drinks are sealed, uh, put to the top, 
and right to the top and then sealed. The idea is that Allah Ta'ala has placed these wine, uh, wine bottles specifically for you to open. There's nobody else that should open them. VIP has your name on it, sealed just for you. You're the first one that gets to open it up. Nobody else is messing around, alhamdulillah. So it's, it goes to show exclusivity, something very special. And we should remember that Allah Ta'ala describes these rivers in paradise, as Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Muhammad, ayah number 15. Uh, Allah Ta'ala describes uh, the, uh, the example of paradise which is promised to the, to the righteous wherein there are rivers of water that are unaltered. You don't find that the water ever stagnates. Or rivers of milk that never, the taste never changes. In other words, it never goes sour or never goes bad. And rivers of wine delicious to those who drink and rivers of purified honey. So this is describing this. And then Allah Ta'ala says, Subhanallah, this is a very powerful, powerful, heavy ayah. Allah Ta'ala says, خِتَامُهُ مِسْكُ خِتَامُهُ مِسْكُ can be understood in two ways. The last of it, as in the last of the drink. You know, you're drinking, 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 and then the last little bit of it, it's misk. So it has this extra sweet, extra delicious, beautiful aspect to it. The ending of it is beautiful. خِتَامُهُ مِسْكُ Another interpretation is that the seal of it, خِتَامُهُ مِسْكُ is sealed with musk. Both are, are interpretations that we can appreciate inshallah ta'ala piece by piece. By the way, another qira'ah, and then, and then Allah says, وَفِي ذَلِكَ And for this, for this beautiful description of paradise, فَلْيَتَنَافَسِ mutanafisun. Let the computers compete. So we're going to break this down piece by piece inshallah ta'ala. As for the qira'ah, there's one other way of reciting it. Instead of saying خِتَامُهُ misk using the mustar, it could be خَاتِمُهُ misk. This, this was recited by Ali, Al-Qama, and Al-Kasai. They had a different way of reciting it. Very slight difference in pronunciation. Instead of خِتَامُهُ misk, it's خَاتِمُهُ misk. However, the meaning is still the same. Ibn Mas'ud, he describes and says, that the final flavor you will taste will be musk. Sometimes you, a drink is delicious at first. You're enjoying a drink at first, but then the flavor isn't as enjoyable as it continues. Every sip you take, you're like, oh, I'm kind of getting sick of this. You know? So you know, the first sip was, oh, that's shocking, something new, something exciting. But then after that, you're like, yeah, okay, I've gotten, you know, I'm kind of getting bored of this. It could mean that the last drops in the cup have this, final, this fine aroma, perhaps because drinking large amounts of wine in this world makes a person resent those last few drops. They become oversaturated and disillusioned by the end, by the end, so that the last bit loses its appeal. In the afterlife, indulging in a pleasure doesn't make it the person numb to it. You don't get sick of indulging in a certain pleasure. You don't become resentful of it. You don't get tired of it. You don't feel like, oh, I'm still addicted to this thing. I'm still, I got to get over this, you know. That's how it is in dunya. You do something until you kind of get sick of it. And, but subhanAllah, it's, it only gets better. That's, that's the whole idea in paradise. It's seal. Uh, cannot, uh, it's sealed because it cannot be improved by addition or subtraction or any alteration. The idea is that this is the perfect drink for you. That's why it's exactly as it is and then I seal it. Why? Because adding, subtracting, anything, no, no, it's just perfect exactly what you want, subhanAllah. The seal also indicates that it's exclusive, as we mentioned. And also back in the time of the Prophet they used to seal wine bottles with uh, 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 wax or clay. That's how they used to, they used to fill up with wine and then put wax or clay to seal it. Here in this dunya, we have uh, we, when we want to seal something that is special, we want to wrap it and box it because it's precious. And then all that material usually becomes bothersome trash in the end. However, the seal being made of musk indicates that there will be no garbage in paradise. It's not that, oh, we've sealed it. Now just rip off the seal and, oh, it's a bunch of tinfoil. Throw it in the trash. No, no. It's misk. So, subhanAllah, there is no, it's just, it just keeps getting better. No trash, no garbage, no recycling. It's all very beautiful, subhanAllah. Another concept that I think is interesting is this term dregs. 
maybe you're not familiar with the term, I've only recently learned about it. The term dregs uh, means, the, uh, de the definition technically is, the remnants of a liquid left in a container together with any sediment or, or grounds. So in other words, they would have wine, it would, the sediment would fall to the bottom, you're drinking, you're drinking, and then as you take that final sip, you get the dregs, and it's usually considered like that last bad part. And actually the term dregs can also be a term referring to the riffraff of society, like the, the bottom rung of society, the worst people. Like there's lots of good people in our society and then there are the dregs, the, the, the bottom, the, the lower class. So this term is a reference to literally like wines and the sediment at the bottom. And what's fascinating, again, you always have to take a step back and remember the bigger context. Sometimes you zoom in and appreciate the words, then you take a step back. We were talking about what? In this world, the end of the bottle is often the worst part. And for the disbelievers, their ending is the worst part, Jahannam. For the believer, the final destiny is what? The best part. And even to the point that in paradise, every single drink, the last part of it, is always the best part. So subhanAllah, it, it just, when, you, when you pay attention to the greater context, contrasting uh, the people of paradise and the people of hellfire, you find that for the people of uh, um, uh, hellfire, they're at their best now in dunya, and it's only going to get worse as time goes forward, whereas the believers, they may be struggling, but subhanAllah, it's only getting better. And same thing in paradise, it only gets better and better and better. I also want to mention briefly a few points about this concept of uh, like just musk in and of itself is something that you perfume yourself with. And it is something that is described in paradise. Even oud is mentioned in paradise. You know how we have this burning incense of oud. And this is something that we should know that, uh, that the Prophet, when he was describing how the believers will enter into paradise and they're going to be looking like uh, glittering stars and subhanAllah, they will never have to blow their nose or, or, or you know, uh, cough up or hawk up anything. Like they never get sick. They never have to urinate, defecate, etc. All this and even their sweat is not going to be gross. All these qualities are going to go away. Then the Prophet mentions what? That their aloe woods will be used in their centers. In other words, the Prophet is describing even oud is going to be burned as incense in paradise. And we know that the Prophet said what? That the Prophet said, In this world, women and perfume have been made dear to me, and the coolness of my eyes. Coolness of the eyes is like when you're so happy with something, you shed a tear of, of happiness, not of crying of pain, but happiness to shed a tear of happiness. It, this, I find the, the, the shedding of tears of happiness in my salah. So subhanAllah, you know, I remember when I was younger, uh, you know, when I was very young, I thought you know, perfumes and, you know, smelling good, this is stuff that women do. Men don't do stuff like this. And then subhanAllah, when I found out this is something that the, the Prophet emphasized, and I met many people who, you know, mashallah, when they'd walk into a room, they'd smell so good and they'd make the whole environment good. They'd have a big smile. They'd look fresh. And, and subhanAllah, you realize that this is something that's very important for the believers. And I hope, inshallah ta'ala, we all develop a certain appreciation for the importance of smelling good. And the Prophet said, what? al-misk, that the best of perfumes is musk. So now, what is musk? It's also important to know what is musk. Musk comes from a small sack called the musk pod between the belly button and the genitals of certain animals, most notably the musk deer, which is the most popular, and then the civet cats, sperm whales, and uh, uh, also beavers have a musk gland. Therefore, musk represents catching your prey and being rewarded with a very rare and very precious prize. So you can see, that, sorry, them thematically here, you have to imagine that this is something very rare, very precious, uh, very uh, you know, um, expensive. And similarly, wine is traditionally brought out for celebrations. So again, it's this celebratory, rare, special moment. And now, as for when Allah says, and for for this, for this paradise, for this, uh, you know, the, the wines of paradise and so forth, for this Jannah, what should you do? Let the computers compete. This this verb tanafasa means to compete. Because why different nufus, different individuals, right? They are competing for something precious, nafis, right? So nufus are competing for something nafis, and it's called what? Tanafasa. And you could also say that they're 
rushing and they're breathing really hard and panting, and you could say nefsun or nefasun and anfasun are breaths. So this is the, the why the word tanafasa means to uh, uh, to compete with one another. There are many words for the word race, sabaqa, sara'a, etc. There are many words to compete with one another, but Allah Ta'ala chose tanafasa in this particular case uh, uh, because it refers to a classy, refined, and gentlemanlike racing with one another. It's not like, you know, clawing at each other in a rough way. No, this, compete with one another in a classy way, in a proper way, in a respectful way. So yes, uh, uh, and, and um, yes, for a very fancy reward. That's exactly very, uh, very much fitting for the context. A very similar verse is when Allah Ta'ala describes paradise and says, Indeed, this is a great attainment. For the like of this, let the workers work. Let the workers work. So this is what we should be motivated to. There's so many beautiful quotes. Listen to this one. This is, I, I think this is such a beautiful quote. Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, he said, إِذَا لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ أَن تُنَافِسَ الصَّالِحِينَ فِي أَعْمَالِهِمْ فَنَافِسِ الْمُذْنِبِينَ فِي اسْتِغْفَارِهِمْ That is, I mean, just what a good quote. He says, if you can't compete with the righteous in their good deeds, then compete with the sinners in their repentance. Allahu Akbar. That's a genius right there. That's, a, that's, that's a written in gold right there. Subhanallah. If you can't compete with the right, you see this guy is making hajj, and this guy is giving how much in sadaqah, and this guy is sponsoring this. I don't know if I can compete with all this. This guy wakes up for, shows up to Fajr every morning. I don't know if I can compete. Well, at least I can compete with those guys who they are the worst of the worst, but they turn back to Allah. Ya Allah, forgive me. At least I can do that, right? Subhanallah. Nothing stopping you from that. What a good quote. Subhanallah. Al-Fudayl ibn Iyad rahimahullah says, what? Al-Mu'minu yaghbitu wa la yahsudu. That the believer envies, but he isn't jealous. Envy is from iman, while jealousy is from hypocrisy. So what is the difference between this ghibta, uh, envy, and this hasad, jealousy? Well, ghibta is to be motivated by somebody without wishing any ill on that person. I see that you've memorized the Qur'an, I want to memorize the Qur'an, and I'm happy for you. I don't wish that you would, I don't know, get into an accident and ruin your voice or something like this. No, a'udhu billah. I'm so happy for you, but I'm now motivated to memorize more Qur'an. Whereas hasad is what? I want to see you destroyed. You have that nicer car, you got that pool in the backyard, you got something good, I want to see a tornado rip your whole life apart, and then I take it from you, you know, something like this. So we obviously, uh, so ghibta is a good thing, you're motivated by somebody and you want the best. That's tanafus, it's this idea of competing. Hey, you're doing better, I can do better as well, inshallah ta'ala. Al-Hassan al-Basri, rahimullah, he says what? Adraktu, adraktu aqwaman kana ahaduhum ashaha ala umrihi minhu ala dirhamihi. I've met people who are more tight-fisted with their time than their money. So what does that mean? When somebody comes up and says, I need some money. Yeah, no problem. Whatever. Money is no big deal. But look, don't waste my time. Hey, you want to come out, hang out, this and that? I got books to read. I got things to do. You know what I mean? I have to learn. I have people to talk to about Islam. I want to give da'wah. I want to convert. You guys just want to hang out, watch movies and stuff? No, no, no. I don't got time for that. If you need money, here's $1,000. Whatever. Go away. <laughs> you know? But in terms of, so subhanAllah, Generosity with money, why? Because they know they're going to be rewarded with Allah. But waste my time, that's not going to give me any reward. So no, I can't, I can't mess with that. SubhanAllah, very beautiful quote. Al-Wahib ibn al-Ward, he rahimahullah, says what? إِنْ إِسْتَطَعْتَ أَنْ لَا يَسْبِقَكَ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَحَدٌ فَفْعَلْ What a nice quote again. If you're capable of not being surpassed by anybody towards Allah, then do it. If you can say to yourself, Ya Allah, I can do something and nobody's going to beat me at this. I want to be number one for, for Ya Allah, I want to be the one who prays the salawat in the masjid the most. I want to memorize the most. I want to pray qiyam al the most. I want to give in charity the most. If I can not be beaten by anybody else, I'm going to do it. If I can be that number one, why not? Go for it. Al-Hasan Basri also has another quote. Man tanafasaka fi dinika fanafishu. Wa man nafasaka fi dunyaka fa alqiha fi nahrihi. 
Whoever competes with you in deen, then you should compete. But if somebody competes with you in dunya, then throw it in his face. Throw it in his, his, his chest or his throat. Just, just chuck it at him. Like, you know, the moment the guy says, says I've memorized more Quran, or I'm, I'm coming to the message more often, or I'm, give, I'm giving da'wah, I'm talking to these different people, you say, oh, no, man, I've got I to gotta step my game up. I've got to step my life game up. I've got to get serious here. But the moment somebody says, oh, well, I got the, you know, I don't know, Lamborghini, this, that, mashallah, mabrook, habibi, good for you, get out of my face. I, can't, I don't have time for your nonsense, right? Like, wait, you're trying to show off, you're trying to flex on me? Believe me, I'm not impressed. Go drive your toy, it's fine. Have a good time. So, uh, 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 so this is the attitude that we should have, that compete in deen, absolutely, compete in dunya, whatever. Um, and again, this verse is contrasting with the first ayah. The first ayah was what? About mutafifin about those who hustle for every single dollar and cent and they compete for even the smallest payoff while the believer, he's hustling and competing for the highest place in paradise. Contrasting, mutafifin versus al-mutanafisin. Uh, uh, subhanAllah, very, very beautiful ayat. The skimmer, the, the, the mutafif, he wants something exclusive without deserving it. He wants other people's wealth, even though he doesn't deserve it, he, so he scams people. Whereas the believer is being offered something exclusive as well. But Allah Ta'ala specifies, there's no scamming here. You gotta hustle, you gotta compete. There's no cheating here. So as for this guy, in dunya, he scams a bit. Mutafifin, tatfif, right? Takes a little bit here and there. In, in, in deen, there's no tatfif. There's no snatching your deeds and snatch. No, no, no. You gotta earn this one. You gotta hustle for it. You gotta work if you wanna get to the top. SubhanAllah. Again, beautiful contrasting when you, again, take a step back out and take a look at the wider context. You want, there's a nice quote that says, you want to be more afraid of pursuing your goals than you are of not pursuing them. You want to be more afraid of pursuing your goals than you are. Uh, yes, that basically you should be more afraid of not pursuing your goals. Uh, that, that should scare you even more. People don't specify their goals because it protects them from specified failure. Keep your goals unclear uh, uh, to never fail. Some people, they only want to keep their goals unclear so that they never fail. The only problem is that in reality, you're perpetually failing, uh, but you just won't know it until your life is over. So, you know, some people, they have this attitude where it's like, I never want to specify a goal because then I could fail. No, subhanAllah, that is a failing. That's failing in and of itself. Specify your goals and find out whether you're achieving them or not. And, um, oh yes, and then Allah Ta'ala, excuse me, uh, one more point about this ayah, and then we'll move on to the next. That's the final ayah, inshallah. Competition can be healthy because seeing how others excel uh, uh, convinces you that what you thought was once impossible was, is now po possible. Actually, no, I think I'll, I'll close with this. I don't want to go too long, inshallah ta'ala. This is the final point I'm going to make, inshallah. That I remember years ago when I was first just learning about Islam, embracing Islam, getting to know what it means to be a Muslim, subhanAllah. I remember somebody said, oh, this guy's a hafiz. I was like, What's, what does that mean, hafiz? And they said, oh, it's a guy who memorized the Qur'an. I was like, right, okay, sure. Right? Like, I just didn't believe it. I was like, I mean, I, I'm sure he, so he reads it a lot, right? I get it. He, he reads the, the, this book a lot, so he's familiar with it. I get it. But you guys call it Hafiz. I don't, I don't buy it, but it's a, it's a nice title, right? Like, no, no, he literally memorized the whole book. I'm like, right, sure, of course he did, right? Like, I just didn't believe it. I really genuinely did not believe that a human, I didn't know that was humanly possible. To me, it was like a superpower, like in, I don't know, X-Men or something. You know what I mean? It's just like, no, you can't, humans can't do that. Humans don't memorize books. That's not a thing people do. I just didn't believe it was possible. I didn't think it was real. And only, it took me years to actually talk to people and be like, let me actually test this out. And then realize that, oh no, this guy actually has literally memorized word for word and can recite word for word the whole thing. And alhamdulillah, we get to see it every year. MashaAllah, uh, our Imam, Imam Qiyam is, mashallah, is top notch. And he, you know, very, very solid uh, in his hibs. And many, many people are like that as well. And so this was something that was so motivation, motivational to me that it want, made me push and push and push and say, I, I want to finish this as well. I didn't even know this was something a human could do, let alone I could do. So this was something that I pushed myself, not done yet, but inshallah, make dua. Hopefully uh, one of these days soon enough, inshallah ta'ala. But the point is just to say what? That this is exactly uh, what motivation is all about. Sometimes you see people do things that you never thought were once possible. 
And then you realize, not if they're capable, then I must be capable as well. And so you push yourself beyond your limits. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are constantly uh, in a healthy type of competition with one another, competing in deen, not in dunya. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Zagmar khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.